Welcome to the Community Warehouse. This is Imran Namawala, and I'm here with my co-host, the amazing Habib Qadri. Habib, Community Warehouse, Episode 2. Are you ready? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm ready for it. This is, this is great. So let's, we have... Go ahead. No, no, let's, let's go. I'm just excited about the Community Warehouse. We're going to be developing, learning, so discussing, gonna, making it happen. So last week, we had an educator in the warehouse, and we we pulled her out. We, you know, we ordered her services and her knowledge, and we learned a lot. Today, we're going to pull out a expert, someone who started off in the educational realm, but has now transformed into an expert on leadership and entrepreneurship and coaching. So uh, we have an amazing individual on today, Adnan Jalali, someone that you know very well, someone that I know, uh, and he is internationally recognized in leadership and personal development. He's given seminars, trained company personnel and coach CEOs, entrepreneurs and business owners across four continents in various industries, including transportation, healthcare, finance, and government education, tech startups, waste management, and much more. He was born in Karachi, Pakistan, grew up in Houston, has lived in Doha, Qatar, and is currently residing in Colombia. So let's, without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Adnan. Adnan, how are you? Alaikum. Yeah. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. No, it's our pleasure, our pleasure. And this, this is great because I'm getting to see a man who went into the same field as as me in education, but I gotta figure out like, well, what 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 changed from the field of education to now being with the big dogs, the CEO leaders, and educating them and coaching them. So I gotta, you know, gotta get a get a feel for it and saying, hey, like, so what 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 happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we're excited. We're excited, bro. No, no, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I don't know if you want me to respond now or, or that was just an intro. No, <laughs> we're, we're going right to it. We're going to write to it. I got you represented. I got Elijah in the back for you. You know, representing the Houston Houston Rockets, right? That's what I'm saying. But, That's what I'm saying. But 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 the jersey next to it is is the goat. But you know, you know, I got to give a. <laughs> But, but, but no, we're, we're excited to really have you here. And then, you know, and, and, and even though I know it's joking to sound, but I do want to know that question, man. Like, so, so cause we're going to go right into it. We, we want to bring, we're going to pick your brains in these next 30 day, uh, 30 minutes, buddy. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, you know, Imran Habib, um, Imran, I don't know if you know, but Habib was like super instrumental in me becoming a principal, a school principal, mm. uh, you know, Habib, you know, obviously it was someone I, I used to play basketball against. He was like a legend. I used to hear about this tall guy in Chicago who was a baller. And at that point in the early 90s, you know, they see ballers were few and far between. So, <laughs> so I always used to hear about this guy, Habib. And then, I, you know, I went to play in a tournament in Chicago and I saw him play. And, you know, he was he lived up to the hype, mashallah. And um and so anyway, and so over the years past, I became a teacher and then I started learning about leadership um, after I met a man by the name of John Maxwell. Mm. Actually, no, that's that's later on. Sorry. I came across his book first, uh, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Mm. I read that book and it changed my life. And that's what really got me into leadership or thinking about leadership. And so then when I thought, OK, as a school teacher, how to become a better leader, and then, of course, as I projected my career, I thought the next transition would be into school principalship, uh, school leadership. And the only like young, active, awesome, dynamic male Muslim leader <laughs> yeah. in education that I 
knew about in the whole country was Habib, you know, so, so I was lucky enough to, you know, to connect with him and, and, and really get some guidance from him. Um, and really more than anything, follow his example, because he had set such an amazing example out in Chicago for the rest of us, um, few Muslim male educators throughout the country. He was really the OG. Um, and so, you know, to be here years later on the show with, with him is, a is a great honor for me. Appreciate it, man. Much love to you, brother. Much love to you. So it's interesting, uh, you know, because obviously education attracts a certain type of individual, right? Form, I'm a former educator, Habib, this on, ongoing educator. And I think, you know, even yourself, even though you've transitioned into leadership, you're still an educator because now you're educating people on leadership. But 100%. What similarities, when you started studying John Maxwell's works and got trained with John Maxwell, what similarities did you see between leadership and leadership training and academia slash education? Well, I mean, to me, it's all education, right? I mean, I feel like I'm still in the, the, the you know, the education field. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just educating CEOs rather than kids, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think, you know, um, it was a natural transition for me um, in the sense that when I, once I became a school principal, I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was very tough, uh, <laughs> as Habib knows very well especially the first few years, you know, as you're getting used to it. But alhamdulillah was able to see a lot of success um, using a lot of the principles I had learned through the John Maxwell team and so many other things that I had learned and read over the years. So alhamdulillah was, was able to have a lot of success very quickly as a principal. And so I got to the point where I thought to myself, okay, I think I can do this job. I've proved it in two different schools and I know I can do a lot more. And so the next step in education, the formal education setting was to be a superintendent, right? And then at that time, and Habib, I know we'll probably differ in this, but I kind of was moving against the whole system, the way the education system is established now. So I thought, okay, I'm, I don't wanna be a superintendent because I don't even believe in the whole structure that much anymore. Um, and so we can, you know, we can have a separate conversation about that one day and why, but my thing was, okay, how can I make the biggest impact? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you study leadership, you know, that the biggest impact you can make is leading leaders mm -hmm. because you make an impact on one life who's impacting thousands, tens of thousands of lives. So if you make an impact on that one person, then you, by, by way of working with him or her, you've impacted you know, tens of thousands of people. So, so that's kind of, that was the impetus in me going into leadership coaching because I really wanted to, to lead leaders. Yeah. So, so being like, in a, you know, and because, you know, the uniqueness is that being in, you have been in the education field and a lot of our, our, our individuals who listen to this are educators. And now that you've kind of coaching CEO leaders where it might, might be in the education field, but, you know, business field and all the other factors. You've, you've, you've kind of done all the different categories and the fields uh, that, that are there. What are you noticing are like, man, do you, these are few skill sets or areas of concerns that you've kind of picked up and saying, I'm, I, have, I've been, I have to keep on reminding of this or teaching them this to these leaders who are already leaders. You know, you know, what, what are some things that we could kind of like, you know, kind of keep in mind and saying the people are listening here that area that we should be focusing on. 
That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, the reason why I love coaching is because uh, more than doing workshops, I mean, usually I'll start off working with the company doing workshops because it's kind of the easiest way to get your foot in the door. And then they kind of see what you're about, mm-hmm. you know, and I work with the, you know, kind of everybody in the company or a selected group. And then I'll typically have that conversation of, listen, if you really want to change, you need to change yourself, you know, <laughs> as, as the owner, right. Or mm-hmm. as the CEO, right. if you really want to make change, you got, it has to start from here mm-hmm. because once a leader changes, I mean, the impact is seen throughout the organization. So, so the reason why I like coaching is because I get to kind of dive into different worlds, mm-hmm. right? So I get, I get to study their world, who they are as a person, What's their background? What context do they live and work in? So I actually, a lot of times, um, travel with them. I attend their meetings. Uh, sometimes I even stay with them in their house or they stay in my house. Like we, we become very close. So I really get to understand what makes them tick. And so based on that, that's where I'll give them the advice, right? It's like a doctor, right? Like, you know, you have to check the patient to figure out what medicine you want to give them, you know? So it's not kind of cookie cutter. Right. Mm. So, so, so that's kind of my approach. However, as you know, Habib, having studied leadership and, you know, teaching leadership at Harvard and all these Mm. other places that you teach leadership, you know, that really the two main skills as far as leadership is concerned is effective communication and emotional intelligence. I mean, based on all the research, Right. So mm-hmm. if you're going to point to any two things, I would start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before before we shift gears, because there's there's a direction we want to take this conversation. But I have as a, someone who's a former educator. So now that you are at whatever phase of your journey you're on as a leader and as a former school educator, right? obviously you're still educating. What advice do you have generally? Because a lot of our viewers are actually ongoing educators, people who are teaching at schools. So okay. what advice would you give educators to enhance their performance in the classroom? And so educators on one side and on the other side, what advice would you give educational leaders like principals? Okay. Uh, great question. I wish you told me that earlier. I wouldn't have said what I said about the system. Anyway. We'll that out. <laughs> this is good because people need to hear all aspects, right? That, that's, that's how you become better, right? So no, no, you, you just tell, tell it like it is. Well, we're going to follow up on that question. Don't worry about that, that conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I mean, I actually would like to follow up because there's, I can explain. Anyway, um, so, so as far as educators are concerned, you know, some advice I would say is for them to study leadership. Mm-hmm. I became a better teacher because I studied leadership. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, your, your job is to lead kids. You want to get them here and take them here, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and the, the vehicle is whatever subject you're teaching. But the greatest teachers, and you know this, Habib, they're all about improving the person, right? The mm-hmm. subject is part of it, and that's the context that you're working in. But the goal is also always to build better human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Human beings that are more ready to go and be successful in this world and the next, Right? And so as educators, my advice would be to learn leadership because it'll help you tremendously in your teaching. And then number two, I would say is just go attend as many 
um, conferences, as many trainings as you can, because every bit of, of training that you get adds to your kind of repertoire, right? Mm. I always used to give the basketball analogy of, uh, of Kobe, right? It seems like every year, you know, watching Kobe's entire career, every year he'd come back with a new move even more than Michael Jordan, I would argue, mm -hmm. in terms of specific moves. I thought Kobe had more moves than Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. I know that's, wow. you know, gotcha. I know that's touching on sacred ground, but. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks, and that's all the time we got today. Uh, until no, 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 until, no. Un, until next week when we have our next guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey, you know, but, but this is why I think what I'm not saying it's like that first part is linked back to education. Because for our leader, there's two areas he talked about, which is huge communication, right? And if you take communication, right, you know, you know, because one of the things I want to follow up with, you know, and that in your mind, when you take communication, right? And, you know, when we have it, look at it from the listening, writing and, 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 and speaking in your mind, which of the three would you tell an educator or even a leader would be the most important, the writing aspect of it, the speaking aspect of it, or the listening aspect of it? Oh, of course, listening, of course, right? listening. Of course. Yes. And you have that yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That's why. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and why, why would you, why would, why would you say listening with you from before those two? <laughs> Cause again, you don't, you don't understand what medicine people need until you listen to mm. who they are, what they're about. Where are they? That's why, like, I never had discipline problems with my kids. Like when I was a teacher for 10 years, you know, I didn't, or actually eight years of just teaching and then 10, and then a few of teaching and being a principal. Um, so out of all those years, I had problems with two kids, okay? Out of probably over a thousand or a couple thousand students that I had, I had two, a problem with two kids. One was killed <laughs> in a gang related thing. I mean, because, I mean, that's how like he was gone, right? Mm -hmm. And the other one it was in jail because he used to sell, sell drugs on school campus. So these are the two kids that that I had an issue with. That's it. And those were extreme cases. The rest of the kids I got along with because I actually got to know them. I asked them, where do they live? Tell me about, you know, got to know their families. Uh, got to know what their likes and dislikes were. Sometimes I'd show up with a gift for one of my, one of my students if they did well. He, he, not the ones that did the best necessarily, but the ones that I saw put in the most effort. If they, if they were into something, I would get them a gift related to that. And I give it to them after class. Hey man, I really appreciate your work, bro. Here's a gift for me. I really, I love how much you're working, you know, things like that. Right. To kind of connect, you know, to each kid. Um, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, listening is, is the only way you're going to know all that stuff is, is by listening. Yeah, and, and I think, well, well, you know, Anand, I think you, you're hitting a huge point here because when you're talking even leaders that, hey, you need to listen, so give them the right medicine. Educators, what you're trying to do is give them the right medicine. You're trying to disseminate the information in a way that is attainable for that child to understand. Exactly. And I, think we, I could see where, where educators have that issue. Like, well, if you try to follow the system, so, well, this is the only way. And I think that's why people have, you know, we, we got to get out of that and say, there are parameters for education, but then you need to kind of figure out and customize it for that classroom, for that that grade, for that uh, department, for that administration, and I think are for even those parents and saying how do we go about doing that. So I think 
that that yeah. just those two are the same answers for them because if you can get the right listen to them rightly then you're going to speak to them in the proper way and you're going to write the lesson and the objective in the most proper way for them to you know just kind of soak it in so exactly I, mean, I think what you brought up is a very key point and that's that first part of, of what you're just saying man like, you know uh I, I, I mean mr not you know <laughs> no i mean and that's what education is right like we're not dealing with robots Yes. We're dealing with human beings, right? And so um, every human being is different, has different talents, has different things about them that are great. But I tell you what, you know, now having, I have students, I still hang out with a lot of my ex-students. Like now they're all grown adults. And I mean, I've hung out with ex-students of mine in, in London, in Toronto, in LA, in Colombia, uh, in, in Dubai, like, I'm still connected to so many of my ex-students. And it's amazing. There were so many kids who struggled academically. And I used to tell the parents, like, relax. Don't worry. This is a great kid. Give him time or her time. You know, the most important thing that I've seen that, that made kids, well, kids have gone on to be successful years later. And you know this, Habib, because you've seen now kids when they were young and now when they're adults is good character. If they have good character, somehow, some way, they figure it out. You know, and so anyway, that's just uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, no, but that's your point because that's the second thing you brought up was the social emotional aspect, right? Social emotional is character, right? And throughout history, take away from the system, I you know, like uh, of education system 1900s. But if you look at other learning history, it was also that relationship. When we watch, you know, go back to movies, your karate kid, what was it? Miyagi took him, <laughs> made him do these things, any great sports app coach. They make them go break it down, understand them. And when, when that yeah. you're telling me that you're hanging out with them, talking to them, because one part of listening is to understand the social, emotional aspect of that person. And the only way you're going to do that is when you get into their world, right? And for us educators, we got to get into their world. But yeah. even the leader, you just got to do the same thing. So, man, what you just bring in, is, it's profound. And I want everyone to understand here is to realize is when we start opening our eyes to what, what, what Anand is bringing up, is huge it's, it's a key so i i i, I mean hey you, you're not you're not like far away man you, you're hitting the right points uh, 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 uh man. Just, just keep talking about that social emotional aspect of it bro no i appreciate it man i appreciate it i mean that's i mean that's the thing right like you're dealing with human beings you know that's the thing we we have to always remember as teachers they're gonna have good days bad days ups and downs i mean they're kids right or they're young adults um the thing is to continue to be patient to continue to show love you know, be tough when you need to be tough, mm -hmm. you know, but always from a place of love and care and, you know, and always worried about them as people first and foremost, you know? So, so let's, I'm going to transition to another part of the interview. Obviously the name of the, 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 the show is the community warehouse. So you mentioned social, emotional intelligence, you mentioned effective communication, obviously as someone who taught in the community, right. And we're talking about cultural, so, socio-cultural community, maybe even religious community, uh, and someone who's consulted for various organizations in the community, do you find that there are similarities in terms of issues that our schools are facing and our communities at large are facing, whether they be places of worship, uh, just other non-for-profit organizations that serve different aspects of our, of our community? Sure. Um, you know, to, I'm, 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 I'm probably not the best person to comment on that now, because I've been a little bit removed from the community at large. I mean, I've, I, I, I live in Dallas now, 
but I've been living in Colombia the last six years, right? Uh, so, you know, I'm a little bit removed, so it wouldn't be fair for me to to kind of comment on that. Because I know things were changing. I know traditionally, traditionally we had a lot of issues, right? With just just doing things in in, in a professional manner, <laughs> you know. Um, so, so, so but, let me yeah. let, let me tailor that question more to make it a little easier. So, let, let's forget about our, just necessarily our community. But when sure. you've worked with other uh, communities, smaller communities or small organizations, regardless of where they are, are there any correlations or are there any similarities in terms of the issues that get brought? Because, for example, when I think of uh, religious schools or even uh, private schools, it seems like the issues they have are very similar to the issues that our places of worship have, the same issues that our cultural centers have, uh, the same issues that our uh, smaller corporations and smaller non-for-profits yeah, that are run. Sure by people in our community have. And I, again, not to uh, put you put you on blast, not in a bad way, but I'm saying obviously to keep confidentiality, but I've been part of some of your trainings, right? For other organizations. So I know that you still do consult with a variety sure. of organizations and offer leadership help. So just kind of general themes that you've noticed. Sure. No, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, as, as far as, um, I would say, look, man, it boils, it really boils down to people development, like people and team development. Those are obviously two, another two abilities of leaders that they have to do. They have to be able to develop people and get those people to work well together as a team. And I think that's what boils, you know, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, my, I remember that. So, so when I got my master's in educational leadership, I learned a lot, but there was really one piece of advice that a professor gave me that was worth the, the 30,000 or whatever it cost <laughs> for the masters. He said, listen, if you hire the right people and build the right culture, mm. you'll have a great school. Like all the other details will work themselves out. So that's what I focused on was hiring and developing the right people and, and, and also firing the right people right who weren't there for the sake of the kids um and you know and building the right culture which means working together in a way that produces a beautiful culture within the school environment or within any company right so to me it's all about you know it's all about people development you know developing people and developing teams and so what's happened in our masajid for example is that they invest in the buildings, but they don't invest in the people that are going to occupy those buildings. And it's very backwards to really the sunnah, you know, of the prophet, right? The sunnah of the prophet, he didn't build massive. He could have, if you think about it, he could have commanded his people, listen, I want you to build a massive pyramid like the ones in Egypt or a massive mausoleum, you know, <laughs> but he didn't. He built people. He built leaders, Right. And those leaders went on to build structures and societies and governments and so many things. So I think that's really at the root of what we need to do is develop people. I think once you focus on developing people, kind of the rest, you know, comes out of that. Hey, you know, you know, and, and for all, all, all the audience here, audience, it's very important. I really think about this because even though we might be talking about leadership and it might be in a school setting, but even for parents who are listening to this, or even any communities, the two concepts he talked about, and this third one he just added on. First, the idea of communicating. Even as a parent, 
as a husband, as a wife, whatever you need to make sure, right? Why do we always, what, what's the biggest spouse things? You never listen to me, right? You like to tell me, but you don't like to listen to me. What does a kid says? Oh, you, all you do is yell at me, but you don't listen to me in my life, in my world, right? So in that same way as Anand talks about the leaders going, when he goes and sees them, parents, we have to see what's going on in their lives. What's their world like? The world of my kids is not the same world, even though I grew up here. I deal with kids. I have to now manage or teach my kids from their level of what they're perceiving in their environment is still different from the 90s, right? And from yeah. the music could be different, from the clothing, from the lingo to what's what's hot, what's not. So I think that played a big part. So I want everyone to realize taking this concept of the communication, listening, understanding, the way we speak to them plays a big part. Also, the social, emotional, that the way we were, like, man, man, we were tough. They're like, this, I can't believe that's, you call this bullying what's happening now. That bullying was what we, how we were called names, Hindu, Gandhi, throwing stuff at, whitewash, right? Where I'm like, man, these kids are soft. But at this time, it's a different ball game and, and the way yeah. you teach stuff. So I think that plays that. And that last part of that personal development of them, because I want, to, I want to kind of follow them to this one other thing that I've had the opportunity to read something of yours, is this person development. So because as leaders, as he's talked about, as you're coaching, one of the things you're trying to build them. So you wrote this book, Chasing 100, man. What's that Chasing 100? Like, what, what was the purpose of it? Because there's like like seven little, you know, a, a, a few different chapters that kind of build onto this whole process of, of self-development. So if you could kind of give us some little kind of, you know, tidbits. Uh, and I really want everyone Chasing 100. You could tell me, you know, where they could look, where they could, they could get that. Phenomenal sure. book. I love the book. Easy read. That's the easy part. I'm not an intellectual kind of guy, but it has concepts for intellectuals, but then also practical things that you, we could go ahead and move forward. Also, uh, we, we, on the bottom of the page, you could see, you know, uh, where that where the ebook is, uh, www.amazon.com. But uh, Anand, if you could kind of kind of follow up with that a little bit, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you plugging the book. Um, and I and I'm honestly really honored that you like the book. You know, uh, that that means a lot to me. Uh, actually, I mean, the, the probably the best place they can buy it is at nanjalali.com. Uh, I haven't even officially launched the site yet, but it's on there. It's ready. So um, if you want to buy it, you can purchase it there. Um, I don't like the Amazon version. That's the only reason I'm even <laughs> mentioning that. <laughs> so anyway, um, but Chasing 100, you know, actually, matter of fact, man, Habib, I don't think I've ever, uh, maybe I have said it once or twice in public, but very little. One of the real motivators behind Chase, well, okay, there's two motivators behind Chasing 100. Okay, number one was I was sitting at a leadership conference and the speaker asked all of us a question. He said, what would your lives look like if you were living at 100% of your full potential mm -hmm. in your career, spiritually, physically, money-wise, you know, you know, just kind of bucket list-wise, mm -hmm. you know, all these things you know, mentally, emotionally, how would your life look if you're living at 100% of your full potential? Mm -hmm. And and then the follow-up was how, what percentage are you living at right now? Mm -hmm. And and the first question, I had no answer because I hadn't even thought that far ahead. Mm -hmm. And and it never even occurred to me to think, what's my perfect life? Mm -hmm. Because just like everyone else, I'm only thinking one step ahead. Instead of really having faith in Allah and knowing that he can help me fulfill my best. For him, it's very easy. For mm -hmm. Allah to help me fulfill all of my dreams, it's very easy, it's very simple. <laughs> and I, I didn't think that way until I was asked this question, you know? 
And so instead of thinking just one step ahead, I went all the way to the end and I said, okay, when I'm on my deathbed looking back at my life, I want to be able to say this, this, and this, and this, right? Professionally, I did this. Money-wise, I was able to do this, you know, make this and do this with my money, right? Relationships-wise, how I manage my relationships in life, all these things. So that was really the the catalyst that got me going on Chasing 100. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, you have a minute to, to share one more thing? Of course. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So the other thing catalyst was actually the last sermon of the Prophet You know, so one, something that people don't pick up on. I, I haven't heard anyone talk about this anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sermon, in the, you know, in the beginning of the sermon, the Prophet says to the people, you know, Listen closely, pay attention, because I might not be with you much longer. Okay? Basically, it's like, hey, you know, my time is coming up. You better pay attention. I'm going to give you some advice, right? He goes through the list of advices, and that's what most people focus on, and that's great. But there's a part that most people don't mention. He looks up at the sky at the end and says, Ya Allah, you know, um, bear witness that I delivered your message to my people. When I think of the whole context of the situation, he was essentially saying, Ya Allah, I did what I came to do and I'm ready. I'm out. I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. And so when I think about that, I think about, okay, when I get on my deathbed, I want to have that feeling in my heart that, you know what? I'm good, man. I got everything I could out of this dunya. I'm ready to go back. Right. So that's kind of another. So, so, so when you really think about it, the Prophet reached his pinnacle. He reached his 100. Wow. Right. And it's such a beautiful metaphor standing on top of the mountain and letting the people know I got I did. I reached my my, my top to set an example for all of you to go and chase your top, go mm-hmm. and make the biggest impact you can in your life. You see what I'm saying? So that's it. So that was chasing 100, man. So I want to live my life chasing my 100. <laughs> uh, like that, educators, parents, we've got to be our, got to give our 100% in parenting, education, leadership, community activism. I love it. I mean, those are just great, great reminders there, you know. But, you know, uh, Imran, we, I mean, you have another question. We got more time. I don't, I don't know what. Oh, I think, I think, honestly, uh, that was like the, the best place to end it, man. It was very, very powerful, very impactful. Um, so Adnan, thank you for your time because I know you know we have some time restrictions as well. So thank you for your time, everybody. No AdnanJalali.com. Please take a look at his website. Order the book, uh, and it's very impressive to have people who start off in education, right, as teachers, and then make their way from being a teacher to a principal, and then they're the ones who are educating the educators and teaching the teachers and teaching principals to the principals, right? So Adnan Jalali is a leadership and personal development coach. Check him out, uh, Habib. I'll give Habib and Adnan. I'll give you guys the final word, inshallah. Now, just you know, again, please, you know, three. I want all of us to realize there are three things that he brought up, and don't forget those specific three things, right? The idea of you know uh, communication, social emotional aspect, and person development. I think you know those words of wisdom, and make sure that chasing that one hundred was. On, on point, baby. I love it. Love it. You know, uh, thank you so much, man. Thank you guys for having me. 
uh, you know, uh, my advice to audience would be listen to these two guys uh, <laughs> above me because <laughs> they're very wise. They know what they're talking about. And, uh, you know, just it's an honor for me to share this time with you guys and uh, hopefully see you guys soon, inshallah.